Ladies and gentlemen, you tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's a hard luck show. Yeah! Coming at you from the bunker in Southern California. On my left, my co-host is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to deliver gold. If you're living off the land, Yahtzee, yacht. If you stick it to the man, Yahtzee, yacht. Yeah. Sean's pumped up today. Dude, he's pumped well, up every single Blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, know what it is? That, it's the lumberjack up, fucking shirts. Right. With the red and black lumberjack to match. Right. right. He's got the lumberjack. He's got a Supermax hat. Supermax hat. To match. Shout out to Supermax. Shout, out, shout to Supermax. out to Supermax. Broke everybody off today. Uh, the office. Uh, Christmas every, time. Everyone's looking great. Everybody's crispy. Everybody's fucking Krispy Kreme donuts. styling. Everybody looks cute. Shout out to Krispy Kreme donuts. Did you ever get into Krispy Kreme donuts? I got into them. I got into it when the fa- they first landed out here. Yeah. I did the whole thing where you drive up and get them right out of the oven thing. Yeah. yeah. They were good, and they melt in your mouth, and it's great. You know what? I worked um, for a production company, and one of the producers used to brag that he had invested. And this is before Krispy Kreme took a shit. He bragged. He's like, I'm, I'm invested heavily in Krispy Kreme. And I'm like, you are? He's like, yeah, donuts and beer. Like, those two things, you'll never lose money on that because everybody loves donuts and beer. Mm. And that was, and then five years later, Krispy Kreme over-fucking-did it, and they fucking lost all their fucking never value. Never understood Krispy Kreme. <laughs> right. I, never got it. What do you mean? Because I think, you know, the regular mom-and-pop donut places are fucking way better. Way better. Right. Way better. Right, especially if they're making Chinese food at the donut oh, shop, too, Oh, you got to have right? the mix, yes. yeah. Right. And if they do fried chicken also, then you really yeah. won. I like that. I fucking, no, no, no. Nick. I like I like a Chinese restaurant that has the Popeye's chicken menu. 
Kind of, you know what I'm saying? I, on the I, same 100%, menu. I love to the right is the red menu, and it's right. all the chicken. Right. But to the left, right, is all the Sichuan. Right. Cashew chicken. Dude, sometimes you, I'll go. I love going to the they place know. that's like a Vietnamese place, mm-hmm. right? And so on the one side it's Vietnamese. Then there's a Chinese section. Then there's yeah. a Japanese section. Right. Then there's a fucking they do fried sushi chicken. Too. Yeah. yeah, they do it all. Yeah, that's like well. Lucy's Drive-in. It's like yeah, Lucy's Drive-ins is right? shit. Hell yeah. Like pastrami sandwich. Yeah. Top Taco, burger. Yeah, yeah leave like the bro. fuck you want. Right. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. Well, listen, now that we've uh, jerked each other off on the food stuff, where are we at? Where are we at? What, they had what? to separate those brothers. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> those brothers couldn't Schmitty. take a bath together no more. Schmitty and Bizarro. Got separated? Because they were showering until they were 14. They were bathing. Bathing, you said. But showering. Oh, I thought they were in, you showering in the same shower. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like, taking turns. Parents are like, you get in water, stream, get in there. You're, You're both down. boys, get in there. <laughs> You're both I, boys, get in there. Dude, I don't remember what episode it was. <laughs> help your brother wash his back, <laughs> goddammit. Right, go ahead, go Take ahead. the soap out of your ass. What right, are you doing? Right. That's, you're getting hair help on the Help your soap. brother scrub his balls. Right, listen, don't get it down the pee-pee hole. What's the matter with you? That stings. No, because I interviewed, remember, I don't remember what episode it was, but I interviewed Schmitty, and I'm like, did you and your twin brother shower together? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, like, okay, and then when did you have to stop? When we were 14. And I go, why? And he's like, well, because the hair was sprouting. That's what he said. So, listen. Yeah, because you know, his brother's chile was sprouting. <laughs> There's something, oh, dude, there's something, man. something happened wow. over there, bro. Schmitty and Bizarro. Yeah, something yeah. happened. I don't know when you're happened. 55 <clears throat> and your retirement <clears throat> is that you're laying in bed with warm soda under it. And double stuffs. Yeah, and, and Oreo double stuff cookies, and you're just ham fisting warm soda. You know something's wrong. Can I just give up a little? Just uh, I just got to tell on myself. Go man. ahead. Lately, you know, every every I think it's every month or two. Like the new cheat comes into play for me. Like the new thing that I'm like kind of upset. Like, all right, right, okay. What is it this month? Yeah, what is it this month? It's a rack of double stuffed Oreo cookies. They sell them in every fucking gas station, Seven Eleven on the planet. Have these racks? It's a king size rack. It says, and it's double stuffed, and it's ten of these motherfuckers. Oh my God! Well, let me ask you a question. When you do that, do you twist? Do you open up the end and then you just dump them into your mouth like you're drinking the Oreo? No, like, no, 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 no. They're double stuff, so they're you, a little bit bigger. Are you a twister? Do you twist them? No, no. You, you just eat them whole. I just eat them like whole. Do you yeah, actually take a bite, or do you put the whole one? in No, your... I take some bites, but I don't want to get the the chocolate cookie pieces on me. Right. So you drop the whole cookie. In your well, mouth. you got a you've got an appearance to maintain. I, so I have a. A thing with Oreos, I don't. I like stale Oreos what? when they're a little soft. Yeah. Oh, they're great when they're like that, right? especially double stuff. Yeah. Leave them alone. They're better like that yeah. than when they're brand new and right. crunchy. Wait, wait, wait. what? You yeah. mean like the cookie part is a little moist? moist. moist. Yes. Yeah. Right. Wait, like if you wait like four days or something, right? Then they get soft. What are you they're... a twister? You twist the no, fucking I don't, Oreo? I don't no, twist. there ain't no twisting when you let them get like that. Yeah. Right. When you let them get like that, they'll disintegrate in your hand when you try and twist them. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Right. That's when you want them. Right. So wait but a you want to know something? I'm not mad at them crispy either. I mean, these are the ones I'm getting are crunchy. They're right. fresh. But there's something, bro, for that 
three, four minutes that I'm fucking inhaling these things. Right. And, and as I'm eating them, I'm looking at how many I got left. What? And you're counting You're off. counting them off, dude. Getting and then sad, I'll, like, I'll, be like, I'll be like super high, right? I'll be on the middle of a super, super Oreo high. And I'll look down. I'll be like, damn, there's still like four. Damn. And then I'll get down to like two. And that's when the whole... How long, how long after you've eaten them, then do you start regretting it? What the you problem say, is lately I haven't been regretting it. What do you mean? You don't even look back and say, yeah, why did I do that? He's, he was wishing he bought two packets. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. yeah. But that fucking guy, I'm at the gas station the other day, and I go buy one. He tell, You know what he tells me? What? You go get the other one for free. Buy one, get one free. Uh, I'm like, all right, and I go get the second uh, rack, right? And I'm like, I don't even need this shit, bro. And he laughs at me. <laughs> Dude, good deal. Two for one. Yeah, thank so you. I take Come it, again. Let's throw it in the middle console. Go on with my day. I eat my day. I don't think about it all. But damn it, I'm in bed, and it, like I can't fall asleep. <laughs> it's like 10.30 at night, and all of a sudden... Them Oreos that are in my glove compartment are calling my name. Yeah. I had to go down there in my Steve. slippers and get them. Steve, Steve. And Steve. let me just tell you. Wake up, Steve. Wake up, Steve. These are the Oreos. God damn it. You left us in this glove compartment. And it's you know cold you're. cold out here. You yeah, know, we, and Steve, you know you're full of shit. We want to go in your tummy. You're such a fucking liar, Steve. You left us out here in the glove compartment <laughs> like you weren't going to eat us. Right. And we know, and you know, that that was a total bullshit on yourself. So just get your. Down own, here. Get your ass out of bed and get down here because guess what? We're a little stale, motherfucker. Yeah. We're a little stale. It ain't going to be no crispy. Ain't so, no black crumbs on your pajamas. Let me tell you, I have knocked that rack out and hopped back on my rack. And I was like a little baby. <laughs> I went right to sleep with a belly full of fucking old double stuff Oreos. Boy. Sugar plums dancing and, yeah, in your head. my head. I was like a little bear. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you something. Um, uh, you know, the when it comes to Oreos for me, I'm gonna say this. I like I like Oreos. I'm not against them. But you know what? And I'll be honest, I love every kind of fucking cream sandwich cookie. Right. It right, doesn't, right. it can be off brand. It could be those right. fucking the vanilla one. chocolate ones where it's like, what is that? I don't know. But 79 it, cents for a rack. Right. It looks like there's the maple ones from Canada. Have yeah. you ever had yeah, those? Oh, unbelievable. I love them. Right? I love them. Yeah. That's like fucking. Those with coffee are great. Oh. <laughs> when I eat those, bro. I mean, I almost welcome diabetes. I'm like, just come on, give it to yeah. me. Bring in the sugar devil. I'm going to eat this How fucking How about the oatmeal with the cream in the middle? Oh, uh, come on. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I love those, and those are usually bigger. Yeah. Oh, dude, I've gone. Listen, I'll tell on myself. I've gone. Listen, I've gone to the 99 cent store because I know those things. Those little ever go Debbies, back. aren't they? Oh, when I buy a whole box. <laughs> and um, and there's even a weird fucked up part of my brain that's like, you know, it's an oatmeal cookie. The word oatmeal. <laughs> it, it sounds healthy. It kind of healthy. There's yeah. something good to that, yeah. right? Yeah, at least some fiber out of it. Oh, uh, dude, I went through a bad muffin period in my life where. Where I was eating muffins. Because they were like brand muffins. And, and they were healthy, right? And I, and I was going through them, and I would know after I ate them. I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm talking Costco-sized ones. Those yeah. big mamma jammas, and right? And the ones that you got to wash your hands when you're done eating them. Right. Yeah. And, and I would be looking at that giant Costco rack of muffins, and I'd be looking at those tops, and I'd be like, where's the banana nut? 
Mm-hmm. Where's the fucking chocolate chip? And I would hit two of those muffins, even though each one of those muffins really two muffins. Right, 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 right. right. Easily. They're like seven, 800 calories Easily, for a muffin. Easily, right. bro. Two of those? Easily, bro. And if it's chocolate chip, you might eat three. Easily, bro. The yeah. secret to eating a lot of big-ass fucking muffins is the drink. Mm-hmm. The drink will help you get it down, bro. Mm-hmm. I fought that demon for a while, man. I, I mean, I, I was tr- I was tripping on some fucking uh, muffin. I went through a muffin phase that it, it wasn't pretty. Those muffins are good. Hey, still hasn't left your system. Oh, uh, dude, when I talk about it, I start sweating, man. Get clammy. Yeah, yeah. I start getting clammy. Who's our? Uh, we have a guest on today. God, I, I guess we did. <laughs> I'm talking gonna... about. I'm getting clammy. Just waiting to figure out bring what the our fuck we're on. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's your friend, actually. Yes, a good friend of mine. I'm so happy. Came all the way from from New York City. Really? Yeah. Relocated recently here. Oh, I thought you on meant just for the show. Oh. I was like, what did he fly well, he, into John he Wayne? He planned on moving out here when we started this thing. <laughs> so it might have all something right. to do with it. Right. I want to welcome the illustrious, the ever-talented artist. Extraordinaire, Mr. Adam Dare to the show. Adam, Adam, Adam Dare. Right, that's a fucking great name. Is that your real name? Yeah. You must have got so laid off a name like that, right? No, I mean, fucking with you. It was Rabinowitz. Uh, Rabinowitz. Rabinowitz. Oh, That's that gets you that. laid too. That will get you laid. Different type of chick, but you'll get laid. <laughs> this guy's my my look at for guests that don't know. I've I've built my life, uh, my business life, my career, so that I could be back and forth to New York and L.A. all the time. And right. I've kind of done that for the last. 20 years with brands. Bicoastal. Bicoastal. All right. And uh, I would refer to Adam as part of my New York City crew, my in my New right. York crew. Because right. whenever I touched down in New York, I'd call two or three people, and Adam would be the first or second person I'd call when I got to New York. Was you that know? a call you were looking forward to take, Adam? Or most, was it like he was borrowing money? No, nah, most of the time. <laughs> nah, well, most of the time, Was there yeah. a couple of calls where it's like, hey, man, I need... <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you. I, it's always, always welcome. Excellent. Okay, thank you. Mr. Dare, Mr. Rubinowitz? At one point. At, At one, one point. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now Dare. Right, of course. I'm just asking a Now question. Mr. Dare. <laughs> and, um, man, we just... God, dude, we've, we've, we've broken a lot of bread. We've had some... Great times. It was some, I've showed up at some awesome, you know, uh, some art events uh, with Adam. You know, he's right. he's a very he's a really well known artist, especially in New York. And you know, to to roll around and see a bunch of art stuff and do cool shit with a guy that's a respected artist in New York. It's a right. you kind of travel in different. You see things in a different light. For for Mister and Mrs. Earbuds who are listening right now, let me just describe Mister Dare. Let me just describe mm-hmm. this tattooed debonair man. Dare. Debonair Dare, a, mm-hmm. a, a very tall, very tattooed man. He's got. He wears black shirt. His pants are covered in paint, so you know that he's an artist, right? He's got a fucking look like a vest with paint on it, so you know he's an artist. He's nodding. He's smiling. He's like, yeah, bitch, that is how it is, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, all right, so there we go. The guy is very cool, right? Yep. Slightly different type of artist in a sense of, um, who are we talking? Robert Standish, right? It's not. Sure. No. Not, what would you describe the difference there, kind of? Um, I, you know. 
I would I would like to say that Adam has a much uh, more raw, unbordered street feel. Right. Right. You're right. Art. You're right. You know, it's just Spanish is kind of a refined sort of conservative right. more. But you know, not taking anything away from it, but no, I, no, that's no. where I would kind of see okay. the difference. You I know, Adam is He's grimy. He gets grimy with it, bro. He's right. really grimy right mm. now, man. Yeah. Guys, fucking better not get any of that paint on my leather couch, brother. Please. It's all I, dry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Man. He got, you know, um, and Adam. You know, Adam's uh, also my brother and some other, some other um, anonymous stuff. You know, groups. What? What? Ooh. Really? What do you mean? Like, what? No, he's a sober brother. He's a sober brother. Oh, not he doesn't have a clavo or. Oh no, no, you guys no, are no brothers no, of the clavo. No, no clavo. Brothers of the no clavo. Brothers of the no clavo. All right. Yeah. Speaking of the brothers of the no clavo, before we get moving, right? No nicotine, Nick. No nicotine. Nick no is nicotine, here. Nick is here. Nick Adele. Uh, yeah, no little Nicky. Nick, you're right. Right? No nicotine, Nick. How you feeling, buddy? Feel good. All right. Yeah, so we're here and yeah, he's sitting uh, in just to fucking chime in. Hey, don't be shy, no nicotine, Nick. Fucking, if you feel like shouting some shit out, just do it, brother. I would show up in New York and not be the in, sometimes in the best shape when I got there. No, or I'd land and disappear oh, for a few days. It. I did that whole number, <laughs> but back and forth and 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 over you know a while. Yeah. you know I kind of you know if you know me you know I struggled. Um, I struggled quite a bit. Um, with sobriety and this and that. And Adam is a guy that, um, you know, he's faced his demons too and he's gone through his thing. And me and Adam are roughly around the same age. And I think that we both, I think me and him kind of see each other. You know, let me just say this. I'll put it like this. When you get exposed to the program and your life's fucked up on drugs and you get sober... There's a there's a community that I chose to that helped me to get sober and you know you spend some time there you get spry but if you should go out and in and out and in and out of using and back and forth um, that shit is looked at a certain way when you're young but as you begin to start getting older and more mature yeah and you're still continuing to not get it. Yeah. Um, people start to, to look at you sideways. They start to distance you. Start, right. What's wrong with you? Right. What's wrong with you? And so I think that, and sometimes you go and feel like an outcast as that guy. And you're like looking around at everybody else and you're like, they're getting it. How come I'm not? Right. Right. And sometimes we're very by ourselves in that feeling and in the, in feeling that. And, but for me, there's been other guys that were roughly my age that were having trouble getting it. And be, because of, by default, you become kind of close with those guys that are kind of fight, faced with the same thing you're faced with. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that me and Adam kind of saw each other. You know, we've both kind of gone through our struggles, our ups and downs. And, um, and you know, so I just, man, this dude's got an incredible journey, man. Fucking uh, just a great, talented artist. What kind of what kind of artist do you consider yourself? Um, urban contemporary fine street artist. That's good. Urban contemporary, contemporary fine street, street artist. Yeah, I like that. Which is long term to uh, long verse to say bullshit artist. Right, right. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Let's just fucking get right to it, and mm-hmm. let's stop fucking you know fucking around. 
What is art supposed to do from your perspective, Adam? Art is supposed to <clears throat> ignite thought. I love that. Yeah. So ignite thought, get you thinking about things in a different way. Right. So I'm looking at some of your art here, and it's amazing, but uh, one of the themes that I'm seeing is a fucked up bunny. Yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what sort of thing are you trying to ignite with that, you know, just from your thoughts? Like, what, do you, what is that image of this heartbroken, fucked up bunny, right? That it's a symbol of what's supposed to be cute, but yet you've, you put a dark spin on it. What's your thought on that? Initially, it was a actual photograph yeah. that was taken of a stuffed animal bunny that I manifested. I put a broken heart and crossed out the eyes, and I took a photo of it, liked it. Decided to put it on the street with wheat pasting, which right. I, I hadn't done in years. Like, I wrote graffiti in the 80s. Right. I had, you know, I do um, canvas work. Right. And I wanted to do a, a little something with that, so I just did it. I would just had a, I, I manifested, like, how I was feeling on this bunny, because I was brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And going out and doing 50, 80 wheat paste a night, like, once a week, was therapy. Hmm. You know, and it brought me back to the graffiti days when I would go out and do illegal shit. Right. So it felt good. I wasn't trying to get any accolades or just it was just something that was therapy for me. Right. But what does it mean to you? This the, is it like um, this idea of a pure idealized sort of cute thing doesn't exist or what is that? Um, you know what it means to me and what it means to you are two different things. Of course. Like for me, it's it was a personal thing and it's to be looked at and taken in by you and then you make your judgment on it and how you see it. Then what it means to me is completely different from what it means to you. Right, but I'm asking you, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? Um, or are you one of those artists that's like, I don't, I'm the artist and I'm not going to tell you what it means to me because I, I want... I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. It's a cute, is it? It's a cute little bunny. Okay. Right? Yeah. And he's got a broken heart. Yes. His eyes are crossed out and he's chasing an unbroken heart. Right. Right. So what the fuck does that mean? I Fucking don't know. you're Freud, we're on the couch. Let's go. <laughs> what is it? It um Is that the human condition? Are we all sort of broken, chasing it's something of, complete? It's part of the human condition. Sure. Yeah, it's like you know, um exemplified childhood. Right. Like shit you you, you like lost your childhood in your childhood and right. you're trying to find or it could be like love, like you're chasing love. Right. Like another thing that I write is like love is love. What does that mean? I don't know. It's just something that was like in the house music community. Yeah. And uh, I just started writing it. And it's just something I like to I, I like to write. You said love is love and Sean nodded. Sean, what is it? Don't make that face. Yeah, don't start I acting. I when he does that. Yeah, it's like he just accused him of murder or something. I know. He was I like, go, he goes like this. Sean, Sean, Sean. Dude, Sean, you, you, were you, you were nodding. You were nodding. What are you thinking? Are you high on drugs or what? <laughs> if I was nodding, I wasn't aware of it. Okay. That sounds like a bullshit answer. You just heard what Adam said. You got a, an amazing artist right here. Right. And, okay, so he just said his thoughts on this thing. What is your response to that image or thoughts or philosophy or art? What? I think it's amazing that you could even go out on the streets and, and just kind of exercise your creativity. Yeah, I love I that. I mean, that, that is uh, freeing in itself, you know? Right. I mean, that's, that's bravery, I guess. Did you feel like it was bravery for you, Adam? Is that why you chose the name Dare? Um, 
No, the, the way I got the name Dare was 1982. I had a couple other graffiti names. Yeah. One or 82. Yeah. I like the name Dare. Right. It's like you go through the routes to who doesn't write what, right? right, right? So right. this one's taken, that one's taken. This right. One I like Dare. Right. There was a guy that lived uptown. His name was Two Dare. So I made it my business to find him. He was a bit older, and yeah. I, mm -hmm. I found him. And you fought and him? I, no. <laughs> the fucking little 13 Pull out a lightsaber. Yeah, he's like, tiny. listen, motherfucker, it's going down. I'm taking the name well, Dare. Let's go. One of us ain't walking away. Right. The town ain't big enough. No, actually, I just asked him if I could write it. And uh -huh. he was done writing. He was doing other things. So he mm -hmm. gave me the name, and I just took the two off, and I wrote Dare. Right. And there was another dude from Switzerland. He died. Rest in peace. He wrote Dare. Is he that because you killed was, him? He was nasty. Nah, nah, nah. No. I don't have that under my belt. Right, of course. Um, and then, yeah, it's just... Um, it's just something I like, and then it was... Were you a fan of Daredevil? Um, I like comic books. Were you a fan of Daredevil? Um, no. He's probably my least favorite character. Right, mine, mine too, because it's like blind. he's blind. Like, like, what's on, he going to do? Right. <laughs> he's walking around with a cane. Like, what are you going to do? But I just watched the Daredevil movie, and they broke down how he sees things. Right. With the sonar and Echolocation. Yeah, that kind of, like... Gave Clear it up for you. For yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, but it's still, it's still, you know what? But he's right though, because the echolocation, it's still not like a superpower. Because I mean, Bat dogs got, have that shit. Bats <laughs> got echolocation. They're mm -hmm. not kicking a lot of ass. It's just, it's not that good. When you could be the Hulk, or mm -hmm. you could be Spider Man and stick to walls. Mm -hmm. What's the fuck is echolocation in a cane? Yeah, seems yeah. lame to me. Sean, weigh in on that. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Echolocation sucks. No yeah. nicotine, Nick? I agree. All right, thank you. Mm. Uh, Me too. Me too. Right. I agree. So the round table agrees. I always agree with you. Thank you, sir. All right, so who is your favorite uh, comic book person? One of them, all right? Uh, Thor. You like Thor? I like Thor. What is it about Thor that you like? I don't know. He's from, he's Zeus's son. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, he fucking has a magic hammer. He flies around. That's <laughs> a magic hammer. Bro, he got the magic hammer, bro. He's, he's got, got the a magic long hammer. blonde hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Low yeah. hair envy. Right, right. He's got the magic hammer. He flies around. Dude, you know what's the trip is that? Mm. I see this, this, okay. He's very, um, he's very, uh, uh, what's the word? He's uh, He's being extremely... Okay, I can't think of the word. Like humble? humble? Yeah, he's being extremely humble right now. Right, right. Modest. Right, right. Modest. right, right. But I get to, I actually see this bear before I even get to New York. This bear crosses my... It's a bunny. It's a, it's bunny. a bunny. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Excuse me I'm sorry. <laughs> this bunny rabbit crosses my crosshairs before I get to New York. Okay. But when I am out in New York, he's doing all this bear stuff. It's everywhere, bro. Like... Explain to us how that caught wind, or how did it how did it get catch on this whole this bunny. whole bunny rabbit? The way it caught on was it was just like I said I was doing therapy. I like to put it up. It, it gave me like a graffiti a graffiti feel feel mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I put it up and it was therapy. And somebody found me asked if I wanted to do a show. Like they figured out somebody somebody knew somebody that knew somebody that knew me. And I did, and then people liked it, and it caught on. And I, I got some buzz for a while. You know, just to, like, fall back on what you were saying and that whole sober thing. Like, I was sober, like, 13 years. And I was doing real well with all areas of my life, but I picked up, and the fucking whole bunny shit went down the tubes for a while, you know? I was a, I was a hazard to myself. So whatever momentum I had kind of stopped. 
Was that with the bike accident? That was right before the bike accident. That was right before the bike accident. Because I, I picked up right before the bike accident. Yeah. What was what what yeah, you're gonna have to show him the dancing meatloaf before you leave here today. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> it's his knee. Uh, I, I didn't know where you were going with that. I'm like, it's not that kind of show. No, not that type of dancing meatloaf. No. No, but you what had it, a pretty gnarly fucking you had a pretty fucking gnarly fucking motorcycle accident in New York, right? Yeah. What happened? Um I crashed. I mean, I know, but what dude, happened? Dude, this guy's lucky to have his leg, dude. I'm telling you right now, he's going to show us afterwards, bro. This guy's lucky. What does it look he like? He has a leg on. What does it look like, Steve? You've seen it. Describe it. It's interesting. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it looks like similar to um, like um, uh, Caesar's ankle, who got hit with an AK. Okay. Maybe. All right. Yeah. It, it, it is a trip. But go ahead. Wait a second. Was it day or night that you were riding your motorbike? Was it dare or you night? The story. Yeah, <clears throat> tell me the story. It's three thirty in the morning on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. During that day, I had an art show in Jersey. It went well. I was right. celebrating with some, you know, booze and dry goods. Some and dry was, goods. Mm -hmm. I was going back up to Harlem to get some more dry goods. Right. As, <laughs> as one does. As one does. What time of night it is? No, three thirty a.m. All right, keep on so, going. He was on a mission. I was I was up the FDR Drive and right there's a turn at 125th Street and it's a really choppy stretch of road. I hit a pothole. Uh oh. Right and I, I caught a tank slap. You What's know, a tank a slap? A death wobble. Yeah. Tank slap yeah. where the yeah. handlebars yeah. are hitting the yeah. tank. Yep. Yeah. And everything went slow for a second and I looked at the handlebars hitting the tank and I said to myself, "This is not gonna end well." <laughs> right. I must have tapped the back brake and I slid it out, hit the turn. The bike went that way, and my leg accordion, which means uh, my femur ripped out of my leg and uh, clipped the femoral artery on the way out. And all of this was toe up. My foot was here. In, like, in your torso, like up by your torso. Up here, yeah. yeah. But I left my body. Mm -hmm. And when I came back in. Your soul left your body. I left my body, and I looked down at the scene, and then I came back in. I said, I got a son. I want to see him again anyway. So I come back into my body. My foot's here. Yeah. Thank God I was wearing chucks and not boots. Right. And I pulled out, pulled off the shoe off my foot, took out the lace because the blood was squirting. Right. And I tourniquet my leg. Tourniquet your leg. Turn with the lace of the, the fucking Fucking MacGyver. The motherfucking <laughs> Rambo. No, that's Rambo, bro. Nah, this guy was sitting there. He was like, I fucking tourniqueted my leg. Luckily, I brought my iron with me because it was hot. I could cauterize my fucking artery. And then I yeah, gave myself mouth to mouth. Why the bike was burning. When I the EMT, yeah. Them. And when the EMT showed up, I said, nah, I'm good. I got it handled from here, guys. I'll just limp to the fucking hospital. Nah, almost. But thank God there, there was... um. <clears throat> a, a, a livery car behind me. He blocked me from getting run over. Because it's right. like 3.30 in the morning on, on a no Sunday. No one would have seen you. Saturday night traffic is flying. Right. So he blocked me. He rolls up, and I, I'm screaming, help. And he looks at me, he goes, Papi, I'm calling 911. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. <clears throat> he says, Papi, I'm calling 911. <laughs> he calls 911. They got there. I had already I had the situation under control. Hmm. Um the tow truck driver got me my phone. Um, the cops were talking to the firemen, the EMTs. Yeah. And I heard them say, we'll take them to Harlem Hospital, which was literally up the street. And Harlem Hospital, if you know anything about New York, is great if you get stabbed or shot. Like, they will save your life. 
Mm -hmm. I would have lost my leg. So I heard him say this, and I raised my hand. I said, fellas, I've got insurance. I'm not going to Harlem Hospital. Right. Take me to Presbyterian. Wow. And he did. And I got the best orthopedic surgeon in the world, and his team fixed me up. And Ten surgeries. I didn't notice that you had Ten like a- surgeries. I didn't notice that you had any kind of limp or yeah, any a kind of- A little limp, but Do I've you had have that a... since I'm 12. Right, that yeah, was from I mean, some other just, shit. No, that's just from living in New York. You yeah. gotta have a limp. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's otherwise people are gonna fuck with you. So if you live in New York for over twenty years, you act, you automatically get a limp. Right, <laughs> right. So, so, so this happens. All right, and you were on your way to get some dry goods. Was that the end of the dry goods stories, or did you continue on with the dry goods? You would you would think like a normal person <laughs> would say. Wow, that was like, uh, that was the moment. Which right. Is like, we got convinced. some friends like that. I'm like, convinced if yeah. you don't get the lessons the universe presents to you, mm. they'll keep presenting the lessons. And Sean's in, nodding again. In more severity. Because <laughs> in I've more had, severity. Right. So this lesson is mm -hmm. slow down. Right. Just in all areas, slow the fuck down. Right. And I did not take the heed in the, you know, half a dozen near close things that I've had happen mm. and they finally were like, all right, motherfucker, we're going to slow you down. Right. And broke me up. <clears throat> right. But I did not, um, I did not stop. Right. I did for a little while, you know, kind of, but then they put you on like Oxycontins and all this other shit. And right. I don't like that. So I just mm. like sold my Oxycontins and drank like whiskey. Right. That, that killed the fucking pain better than anything. Right. Right. So then I had, you know, 10 surgeries. So it's a couple, three, four years of surgeries. So until the surgeries was over, I really couldn't, you know, stay sober. What did I they didn't want to stay sober. Right. What did they have to do to your leg to, were they like reattaching tendons and shit? Um, so the thing Steve is talking about, they did a muscle flap on my knee because. What does that mean? A giant hole right here. So I lost my meniscus, my ACL, part of my kneecap. It was just ground out. Oh. Ground out. Um, I broke everything from my hip to my toes. Right. Like every bone. Right. And so they took half my calf muscle, mm -hmm. and they filleted it and swung it up, up up here and covered the hole. It's called a muscle flap. Muscle flap. Yes. They filleted your calf, yeah. swung it up to your fucking lower thigh no, or up knee. Up to my knee. Knee. And then they covered up a hole. Covered up a hole. That's now, gnarly, they, right? Sean, Sean, <laughs> Sean's hat, Sean's face. his hat is like on the yeah, back of his dude, head. He he's can like barely chirping. fucking handle he it. He almost up. threw up in his mouth right there. <laughs> I could never be a doctor. That fucker was throwing up when you were sitting there in his mouth. He was swallowing it. <laughs> he was like, Ugh. okay, wait a second. But all right, do they knock you? So those those surgeries, they gotta knock you out completely. Yeah, uh, they gotta knock you out completely. What, what the fuck, dude? They just talked about a muscle flap. How are they gonna do that? Hey, you just got a local yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay right there. Yeah, this might hurt. No, I just wow. figured, like, you know, maybe they gave him a spinal tap from the waist down. They cover it with a curtain like they do. <laughs> Steve's laughing so hard he can barely. Die. I was just asking. They the put the little curtain like, you can be on your phone. It's okay. Here, here's, the, here's the newspaper. Well, I mean, they weren't fucking with his arms or his face. <laughs> I mean, it didn't open his it chest cavity. Why crazy, not? Bro. All right. So, and uh, uh, were you able to save any of your fucking meat or anything? <laughs> that like you got it in a jar that you're like, oh yeah, that's part oh, of my hey, calf. Look at that. Look at that. What is that around your neck? He, uh, to everyone that's listening right now, he's got a fucking titanium, tube, some kind of tube around his neck. What is that? It's a piece of titanium. 
<clears throat> that held my ankle together. So after all the surgeries, like they, they had to take, remove all the Metal. titanium. Yeah. To give me a, a replacement knee. Yeah. So I, I requested it. Yeah. So I have like a bag of titanium. And this was holding my ankle together. So I keep it around my neck just to remind me. And it's right. an interesting piece. People are like, oh, that's cool. What is it? I was like, ah, it came out of my body, held my ankle together for three years. Right. Have you ever used that to pick your teeth? Uh, no. All right. No. Let me ask you another question. These are the questions that Steve hates when I ask these questions. I can Come feel on. it from. Now I'm going to ask this question. If they would have said, let's say they did that muscle flap. And you got a piece of, and they said, you know what? We got a leftover piece of fresh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fresh. You went fresh. Because I don't want more than anything else. Uh, it's fresh now. Just remember. If they gave you a fresh piece of your calf meat, mm -hmm. right? And it was just a bite size. Would you cook that and eat that? Would you try well, your well, own flesh? like sushi. Would you just? Nah, right. you know why? Would because you? I don't like. Chicken legs. I don't like the thighs. I don't mm. like the legs. I only like the breasts. So right. Like, that would have just disqualified it immediately because it's calf. All right, Steve, would you eat your own calf a little piece just to taste it in your lifetime if that happened? No. No nicotine, Nick? What no. would Sean, would you? I wouldn't even think of it. I would fucking do it for sure. 100% I would do it. Just to be like, I ate my own flesh. I mean, I've bitten my nails and cuticles, but I'm saying I've I, eaten my own fucking When you were flesh. a kid, you never ate some big old fucking scab? Oh, for sure. Pepperoni? Absolutely, I have. Okay. Maybe not even just a kid. Maybe not <laughs> even just a kid. <laughs> Maybe like six months ago, you got hey. caught fucking eating a fucking Sean, scab. have you eaten your own yeah, scab pepperoni? before? How many pepperonis have you eaten? <laughs> Come on, Sean. Eating a scab? You've no. never eaten a scab? Next thing you're going to tell us is you've never eaten your boogers. You've never eaten your booger? <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to eat my boogers. When was the last time you ate your booger, Sean? <laughs> Don't lie. Hey, hey, fucking two, two weeks ago two weeks wasn't ago, fucking yeah. a kid, bro. It was bro. salty, <laughs> wasn't it? It was salty. No, stop it. Now he's acting crazy. Nick, no. have you eaten a scab? Yes. Okay. Uh, Adam Dare, have you dared to eat a scab? I don't remember ever eating a scab. I've eaten a scab for sure. I remember. But wait, wait. What, what prompted you to eat a scab? Like you peeled it and said, I want to know what this tastes like. like yeah, I don't know. What's the thinking behind eating a scab? You know what? I'm gonna... You got to get rid of it. No, no. I don't care about getting rid of it. Yeah. Okay. This is interesting what you're saying and you're asking me. And thank you for asking me this question. Because I don't think that I really thought through it that much, right? Like, I don't know that I said to myself, what does a scab taste like? Although that was part of it. There's something that happens to me. First of all, I love picking scabs. Yeah, all right? I love I it. I do too. Bro. Right? When you feel like when I yes. feel the hardness and I can feel the edge starting to come up, right? Yeah, There's yeah. something really satisfying. It's like a loose yes. tooth. Exactly. Yeah. And then when I started to pull it up, it got under my nail a little bit. I'm using my nail to pull it, right? And then there's an art to picking a scab mm -hmm. because you can't just rip it right off. If you rip it right off, you're dealing with blood, mm -hmm. right? So if you do it right, yeah, exactly. You got to go around the, it. the periphery, right? right? You right. got to go around the perimeter. Right. Let it breathe a little bit. Don't just, you know, let it sit loose for a minute. And then by the time it came off, yeah, I think I was like, what? I think I was like... What does this feel like, and what does this taste like in my mouth? Absolutely, it looks like a pepperoni slice. <laughs> I don't even need that. I just want to know. I mean, I, I think that I, I'm thinking about this now. Like, you know, I think, I mean, I've definitely eaten calluses, mm -hmm. right? Like calluses on my fingers. Yeah, you chewed on them for a while, right? And then I 
cut off, slice off, like my tooth is like a deli slicer or something, and I just cut off a little bit of callus and ate that. No problem. Uh, uh, inside of your hands? Or oh, I oh, love yeah, that. I love if it. I have to press it into my <laughs> face, yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. No nicotine, Nick? You've eaten a callus or no? <laughs> yeah. Nick's eating everything. Nick's no, no, he no wouldn't problem. eat a scab, though, I don't think. You, no, did, I said I eat scab. you yeah. did eat a scab. What was your thought process in eating the scab? I just ate it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look for no salt, no pepper. <laughs> just right. dip, bring it. Did you dip it? Is it true you dipped it in Chinese Ranch? hot mustard? Oh. No, no. All right. I dipped it in some ragu. There ragu. you go. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so, but anyway, I would eat my calf muscle. I would. I absolutely would. I 100% would. Yeah, now, are, are you done with bikes now? I've ridden a couple of times, but yeah, I don't see myself. And now I have a 20 month old daughter, so that kind of takes it off the table. Yeah, right. man, this dude. I, you know what? I had said something to you. I, I talk about Adam to friends of mine, right? People close to my life. Dude puts together not even a year of sobriety, moves out to Los Angeles, and is a single dad. That means he's the single dad. He yep. is the primary father of that little girl. Is that a, a beautiful girl named Ellington, right? Ellington? But I'm telling you, this guy is the full-time father. He doesn't have a nanny. The mother's, you know, he'll tell it, but a small, you know, they're working that out, and she's a small part of it. But he has his daughter, dude, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How old is your daughter? 20 months. So a tw- so my daughter's 16 months. There you go. All right, so we're getting, we're in the same age range. What? Imagine you being home every day. With your daughter. If I could make money, if I could, no, no, I'm just saying, by yourself though. I would love that. To be honest with you, no, no, no. I'm not saying it would be easy. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it would be without its difficulties and all that other stuff. But I'm telling you right now, the experience that I have with my daughter, like there's times where I have to take my daughter to do shit with me that it doesn't involve her. It's not a child activity. It's like shit I got to do, right? And the whole way that I frame it is like, you know, you're my buddy, let's go. I need you to carry that. Can you help me with this? Da da da. And she does it the best mm-hmm. of her ability. Mm-hmm. But the point of the matter is, is I'm sitting here telling you right now the amount of satisfaction and love I feel for this little girl and whatever. I if I could if I could swing it, I would. I could. And I would absolutely be there with her all the time. I carry her all the time. My muscles burn. It used to live weights where my muscles would burn. <laughs> now I carry her and my fucking muscles burn and I just go with it. I swear to God. So your daughter's 20, 20 months. So right. tell me what's, what is the experience for you like? And, uh, and be so, honest. Dude, it's wonderful. I, um, I came back from New York to Cali in, <clears throat> I guess it was two Decembers ago. Yeah. And her mom showed up um, February and had the baby in March. Right. And three months into it, I got the baby. I've got Ellington. And, right. And the mom was out of the picture, you know, mostly. Right. Um, so you had her for, so, for three since she was three months? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, Which I'll, is different, right? I'll fall back and say I have two boys, 28 and 13. I sure. love them to death. Right. But I was doing things, and right. I wasn't able to be as present as I am now. They have great moms. And, right. You know, it didn't fall on my shoulders right. like this did. I wouldn't trade this for the world. Like right. the experience of being with your daughter or or your child, right? Like, constantly and watching, like like being the sole caretaker and just the nuances and the little things that they go through. Like I miss mm. this. I'm so grateful. I've gotten another opportunity to experience this. What has been for you one of the biggest revelations being with 
an infant little girl and her introduction to the world, what have you been able to experience through her eyes or what revelations have come to you? Everything. Like, but like, be specific. Like, just laughter. Like, watching her sense of humor bubble up and seeing her character form. Like, Mm. from just being a baby blob. Right. To just like, you know, the things that she likes, the things that like spark her eyes and spark her interest. Right. And her laughter and her little character and the little like, she's a, you know, 16 months she's got a little she's a character now her her personality starting to show right um is there something that she specifically for whatever reason and nobody really knows why randomly liked and it it, like you love it now because she likes x y and z or for whatever reason she's been really into leaves when i showed her a leaf and ever since then it made a big impression so she always wants to look at the leaves is there something like that um so i i'm completely open-minded in yeah everything that has to do with her now yeah so i'll take her to the park she wants to like walk through a puddle i let her walk through the puddle she wants right. to like play in the mud like i'm not gonna be like oh my god don't get dirty it's like experience that see what it feels like right don't eat too much of it um you know just so everything. your thing Dude, is everything like I give her markers, you know, the, the non-toxic <sighs> markers. Right. And it's, it's just fucking paints like the whole house is just harsh from from like here down is all harsh. <laughs> <laughs> like the, everything she writes on everything. I'm like, have at it. Enjoy. I love that because is it your feeling that this is her chance to explore and why put limitations on that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um I know, like, we all see those moms or those dads, mostly moms, that are so neurotic with their kids. Helicopter. Like at the park or, you know, at the playground, and they don't let them touch anything or do anything. And it's right. like, oh, you're just, like, stealing. You're, you're robbing your kids of an experience. Right. Yeah. You know what, man? I was just telling Sean about this, old Blue Eyes, that we were, we were going through different things that we're grateful for, and... I was saying that maybe my number one thing that I'm grateful for is coloring with my daughter. And the reason being is is because how I grew up and everything, there wasn't a space for just exploring a colors and the mediums of like how those colors get applied to stuff. And just like you said, I'm like not putting any restrictions on it. If she wants to do my, you know, I won't say who, but there's some family member. She was using white, but you can't see white on white paper, right? And they're trying to tell her that. And I'm telling them, hey, don't tell her. Just let her fucking do it. There's value in that somehow. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's value in letting her determine like, okay, maybe she wants to just do the movement or maybe it's going to be an interesting lesson for her to understand the difference between popping, but it starts with her practicing or exploring the color white on white and not seeing anything, right? They figure it out. They do, right? Yeah, 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 totally, totally. You know, as we're talking about this, my friend, my fucking street urban fine art friend, (laughs) as we're talking about this, and I'm thinking about this bunny that you created, right? It's a childhood image, Mm -hmm. but it's it's a childhood image with with a dark spin on it, right? Yet here you are now with this purity of this little girl in your custody. And you are now learning. You're the bunny with the broken heart. And here this little girl is. And her heart has yet to be broken yet. She's just entering the world, right? 
did you are you seeing parallels between what you had been projecting years before to now here you are with this beautiful love in your life and this thing that you're discovering coming from where you came from parallels with the bunny and the baby parallels with what your message is about that bunny Right. I mean, what I think I recall you saying was, is that you have this broken hearted. Oh, I see how you put that together. Yeah. So I'm the broken hearted bunny. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the, necessarily the unbroken heart that the bunny's usually reaching for is my daughter. I would think or so. Like just I'm seeing personified that love. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Mm. Put that together nicely. Do you would do you would, is is that bunny still relevant? Not, not relevant, not valid. Are you still able to approach? And do the bunny now with your daughter in your life the same way? Does it still mean the same thing to you? Does it I'm, still have the conviction to or it? Or did you catch oh, the no. heart? Or is the bunny gone? I've caught the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's elusive. It comes and goes. Right. It means it means different things. Um, I get what you're saying. Um, but it holds relevance. Mm-hmm. It still holds relevance, but not the way it did because I'm not right. the same person. Right, like we, right, we right. Experience things we <clears throat> right. You know, you know what? You know what? I, well, listening to you That's talk in listening to you talk about your approach to childhood through your daughter and 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 especially protecting her experience. I mean, when you let her walk through the puddle, or when you let her find out some things, essentially what you're doing is you're safeguarding her experience. You're letting her have the experience. And I'm thinking about that, and I was like, when we first talked about the bunny, I was thinking to myself, like, that makes sense, and it's a great message, and it's true. People are chasing a fantasy, and they've got something wrong with them, and that's why they're chasing this fantasy. And so, but then after you start talking about your daughter, I'm thinking to myself, but maybe it wasn't a negative thing you were saying. That maybe this was an expression of you wanting to know, how can I find? Based on what I've been through, how can I find something good in this world that's worth following, that's worth loving? And and if I was to like use like the motivational people and they say you f- what you focus on your entire life, that's going to eventually manifest. I'm thinking now this experience you're having is something you manifested from what you've been focusing on. Mm. On that note, mm. <clears throat> so I told you I have two boys that are yeah. older yeah i'm 52 i told the universe randomly like listen i'm open to have did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy take back your privacy with ip vanish vpn just one tap and all your data passwords communications browsing history and more will be instantly protected ip vanish makes you virtually invisible online use ip vanish on all your devices anytime you go online at home and especially on public wi-fi Get IP Vanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at ipvanish.com slash audio. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Another child, but it's got to be by 50 and it's got to be a girl. However, I did not specify the, 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 the person I was having it with. Right. <laughs> so, like, I'm totally on board with 
you know, what you project you get because I got a daughter by 50, but... <laughs> but you left out the other piece. I left out the other piece. But as a result... So that's a work in progress. But as a result, you are a mother and a father now. Yes. What, yeah. How does a man be a mother to a little girl when she's three months? What, what, don't, what, what, is, what mm. has got it? What, what do you have to do? So you have a partner and you share the experience. Yep. Right. So just, um, you know, at three months old when I got her, there's like three, four feedings a night. Yeah. That I had to wake up for and cradle her. You know what I right. mean? There's like no sleep. You know, it's just a constant attention, making sure she's good, you know? Yeah. And like in the, it's just, you know, you just take it when on. When did you sleep? When? When did you sleep? Um, I just slept very you're, lightly. You're, you're not even sleeping right now, probably. No, but like for the first year, you don't really sleep, yeah. right? Right. You know, you, know, you don't sleep well. And it, I just, you know. How did it change your view about what it means to be a man? that you were caring for this little girl and you were exercising some maternal muscles? Uh, you know, I haven't actually thought about that so much. It's kind of like when you get thrown, when you get thrown into a situation, mm -hmm. you just fucking handle it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. I called a few people, some people I knew that had kids, and I, I kind of asked them, like, about things, and you kind of figure it out. Um, hats off to anybody raising a child alone. Right. It's, yeah. a, it, it's a lot, but it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done right. in my yeah. life. My yeah. wife says sometimes, because she's the one that does the feedings, and she's the one that's like, you know, uh, she's told me there's been times where she's been very, like, frustrated, right? Like, the baby won't go to back to sleep, or and she's tired already, you know? Mm -hmm. and, the, and, and there's times, and then she says, but there's, actually, she told me, she's like, and this was maybe two weeks ago. She said, you know, I was feeding her and she was looking at me and I was looking at her and um, I can't express to you what it was that I felt, but it was something I never thought that I would ever feel. Um, did you have that experience, Adam? Have you had that experience holding yeah. your daughter? Yeah, I've had several of those. And I was just like, because... I didn't really experience that before in my life with my other kids. Right. You know, so like everything with her is an experience. How different is this, what you're doing with your daughter, from how you were raised? Oh, it's night and day. Because? Um, I come from divorced parents. They split. My mom went to, came to L.A. when I was a kid. Yeah. And so I went back and forth between parents depending on who was tired of me right you know i had enough you take them you know so i never went to a school for more than a year usually a couple schools per year um it was the 70s so you know mom was into selling dry goods out here so it was like that whole lifestyle in the 70s right the fucking you know rock and roll and drugs and shit and like you know music and just stuff you're not, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You're exposed to it real young. Right. And my dad was in New York, and, you know, he was a swinging disco duck. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, with the bullshit that goes along with, you know, New York lifestyle. Right. Um, everybody's, you know. It's just kind of like running around trying to fill a God-sized hole with right. everything but, like, 
a higher power or a god, you know, and that's pretty much what my parents did, and that's what I did for a long time. And that's what you learned. That's what I learned, and I, I you know, and you weren't alone. There's lots of people doing that. Yeah, you can't fill a hole with a hole. You know what's interesting <laughs> about what you're saying though is we're talking about these sort of experiences you're feeling now with your daughter and raising her and all this stuff, and you're also talking about people that are away from their kids trying to fill a hole. Away from their kids trying to fill a hole. And I'm listening to you talk, and it sounds like to me that there is something getting healed or filled, not completely, maybe that's part of the human condition, but it's definitely more effective when you're with your kids, when you're with your daughter. It's something more is happening than could ever happen on a disco floor. Of course, of course. But different levels it depends what you're looking for. Like if you don't know from that, then you don't know from that. Yeah, but you, you know, you have what? to actually be open enough to like let that in. Because I didn't for you know my two other kids. Right. I was doing other shit. Right. And I was forced to step up. Right. And I was blessed beyond you know measure. Right. With, with this situation, it's fascinating to me because, you know, your parents aren't any different than my parents, right? And I think about my daughter, right? Man, I fucking think about my little girl, and I'm like, what would have happened to my... Would, would I want my little girl being raised by my dad? That's how I was raised. But I look at my little girl, and I think about, what if she had to, you know, do late-night meetings on the Indian Reservation, and people mm -hmm. are drinking, and there's violence going on? Would I, what would my little girl think about that? How would she feel? Would she feel safe? And I feel, man, and I'm like, no way. Like, no fucking way would I allow that. And then, and then I think about my dad, your dad, maybe your dad. These people are descendants from what's supposed to be known as the greatest generation, right? World War II, fucking greatest generation. They knew how to do everything. They were fighting Nazis. And I'm not dogging fighting Nazis, by the way. But I am saying, what's the disconnect between the greatest generation and then the next level parenting where people are maybe not there for their kids in a way that... Right, or if they are, they're there molesting them. Right, so what the fuck? I don't know what happened there. Explain that. No, it's true, it's true is, what it's saying. What the fuck happened, Steve? Molestation was out of, out of control rate in the fucking 70s. Yeah. For every, sure. Every man, motherfucking... I don't know how, why, or what, but I remember by the time I was 19, 20, I had evaluated every girl that I had had sex with. Right. And... Every one of them was either getting touched by their uncle or their dad. Right. Or somebody in the family. Right. All of them. Right. And then as I went through life, I took note. And it's like 80%, 85% of the women. that And they were all around my age, right? Right. We're all being molested. And I'm like, what the fuck was going on in the 70s, bro? What was everybody's fucking, everybody's getting molested in the 70s? I think so. Think about what I'm saying. Listeners, if you hear me right now, I'm asking a very serious question right now. What the fuck was going on in the 70s? Because I know almost every woman I know my age. Wait, before we even go further than that, I'm going to say this. and you're. I'm going to say this, and you're going to not necessarily agree 100%, but you, me, and Sean had sexual experiences with Women that were adults while we were minors. Okay. Right? What about, and Adam's giving a thumbs up. Now, we're all trained to be like, oh, maybe I was a precocious young man. Yeah, maybe yeah. I had a big-ass dick. Well, I don't know. Whoa, whoa, right? That's how we couch it. But if I put my daughter in my situation, my age, when I was with this older woman and all that stuff, 
There's no way I would allow it. It would have been cool. I would have been like, fuck that. So not only am I saying you're right, but I'm saying even for guys, we might not think of it like that, mm-hmm. but something fucked up was going on. No woman would allow their daughter to be with an older guy and consider it early dating. No right. fucking way. But we're supposed to lump it. We're supposed to be like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, Give me more of that. And maybe whatever. So what I'm saying is, is I agree with you. And the statistics are, it's like three out of four women. They didn't even bother to do men. And I'm not even talking about men on men, by the way, because there's a lot of that shit. Mm. But three out of four women have been assaulted sexually. And I don't doubt that for a second. Mm. I don't fucking Crazy. doubt that for a second. I really don't. I think about that one. I'm like, my daughter, how? This is the other thing. How do you deal with this, Adam? Because I think about, like, on the one hand, right? It was a beautiful world. I've got this daughter, and she's pure. On the other hand, someone's going to break her heart. Hey, you got Nick Leo's got a beautiful. How old is your daughter? Oh, that's right. 15. She's gorgeous. And, uh, you know, I I say to Nick, you know, because he's got a daughter, you know. What do you do about that? Someone's going to break her heart, Nick. And let's not even say uh, predators, we know what's going to happen, right? I mean, stroke or no stroke, fucking predator shit. Backstroke. Yeah, there's going to be, that's going to be handled. But let's just say even normal, shitty first boyfriend heartbreak, right? Like, what's your plan for that? Like, how are you going to do it? Just let her go through it. She has to go through it. Fuck. It sucks. Fuck. I want to kill the guy, but, you know. Fuck. But she's going to have to go through that. Fuck. Yeah, like every other human being. Yeah. No, I know, but like I think about it and I'm like, you're oh, right. Yeah, dude. You know, I'm thinking about him. She's his daughter's pure. She's two years old. Right. Right. We shouldn't even be having this conversation with him. Right. Me either. My <laughs> wife tells me. And my wife's all the time. She's like, you know, she's going to get a period at some point. What are you going to do about that? I'm like, can I just enjoy the baby right now? You got to bring that up now. And I'm not against it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, Guess me, what? Me I'll buy mom, a fucking Tampax. Me and her mom split up when she was two, so, and I was and I was managing, so I just worked from home. Right. I took care of my daughter, you know. Right. Nice. Basically, I would stay at home, dad. I love it. But now it's like there's a time where it's like she wants to be a woman. God damn it! And it sucks. But <laughs> I have to deal with it. It's a drag, but it is, you know. My it's daughter. This morning, listen. This morning. My daughter and I were uh, playing, right? And I'm always trying to fucking make her laugh. Like, I don't know what it is, but I'm constantly trying to, like, do some funny shit or show something. That's my whole thing now. But so one of the things she loves is watching me run and jump on the bed. She fucking loves it, right? And then she wants to be on the bed, and she wants me to jump, like, Sort of close, right? So she can see that. And then she laughs. And then she jumps. And her jump's this tiny little jump. But it's funny as fuck. So this morning, we're doing that. like, And it's so... I can't tell you how magical that is to me. We are... I, I, she wants me to count to three, run, launch onto the bed. And then she will watch that. And then she'll launch as best she can on the bed. And that, for like 30 minutes, I'm sweating, I'm fucking exhausted, but that is to me like the greatest moment of, of, of my life at that time. 
What is it, Adam, that your daughter loves that you do? Like, do you have a thing where you can make her laugh or she can't wait or is there something? Similar. I think all kids like jumping on the bed. For sure. Yeah. Um, but we dance. She like Baby Shark comes on. Like, oh, she yeah. bugging out. Yeah. Baby you know? Yeah. But, yeah. like, my bed's three feet up, so when I put her on the bed to change her, yeah. she'll, like, dart to the end of the bed <laughs> and, like, jump on the pillows and start rolling around. She's got this big bunny that she wrestles with, and she just cracks up when she does it, and I try to grab her. She runs away from me. She's like similar, <laughs> we do that, but it's like everything's an adventure, right? Now, uh, real quick, how is she help? How, how who who's helping you? Um, no one for the first um, about a month ago. Her mom got uh, overnights, so now she has her a couple days a week, got which has been cool, and it's been so far okay, not great. <laughs> right? <laughs> is that it? Yeah, that's it. Something like that. <laughs> There's a bunch of them. Right. Oh, yeah. My wife hates that song. I put yeah. that on. She's like, about, off! What's the one with the, uh, not Blues Clues, there's another one. Uh, and they keep, like, something dog? Something dog? I don't know mm. that one. Sean, do you know that one? Different ages, different things. Like, now it's Elmo. You know, oh, yeah, she's, at, she's at that age. Yeah, so she's. Dude, that. my my daughter's thing is this one. Let's see if I can put this. No, it's not that one. You're right. There's a million of them. The ants go marching one by one. Oh, she fucking goes nuts over there. The ants go marching one by one. <laughs> I like that. The ants go marching one by one. Yeah. And you know what? I looked up the tune because I'm like, what's that tune? It turns out that that's an old Civil War tune. Yeah. And it's about the soldiers marching either back to the north or back to the south, and they just switched it out and put ants in it. And my daughter goes nuts over that ant song, dude. She starts shaking and moving all around. She loves it. Monkeys on the bed. What, what, oh, right. Uh, Adam, what you, what's going on out here uh, art-wise with you? Yeah, let's talk about your art. What the fuck? Yeah, bro. What, what you got? Yeah, what's aren't you up? an what's artist? going down, yeah, man? man? You're an artist, yeah, bro. Yeah, you're not a dad. I've, I've, been, um, <laughs> I've been in the art of raising a daughter for the past you know, year and a half now. Recently, now that her mom has her a couple days a week, I'm able to actually paint. Right. You know, because my medium is, you know, a lot of it's spray paint and some sure. of it's oil paints because there's different things that I do. So it's been really nice to start building a new body of work. Because fortunately, like, I'll make these little paintings and people kind of, they cop them, like, right away. Right. Um, so whenever I'm able to, that's cool. But um, Isn't it true that you're able to go to a restaurant and sign a napkin and pay for your meal? <laughs> that, that would be amazing. <laughs> that's the best. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just I'm I'm building a new body of work. And um so you know, with with what's going on with COVID, right. like, you know, art galleries are, are weird. Like everything's fucking weird. Right. Nothing's open, no more museums, you know, everything's kinda you know, the breaks a pump. It sucks. It so sucks. what's up with the relocation? Why did you relocate to LA? I would think that New York has like a better art scene. Is that Yeah, but I didn't want to be old and cold. Right. Old and cold. Old and cold sucks, man. Yeah. And then with this thing below fifty five, it like just acts differently. It hurts right. in a weird way. And uh, yeah, who wants it? Like New York sucks in the winter. Right. The only good part about New York in the winter is Rockefeller Center around the holidays mm. with the tree and all the people mm -hmm. and the energies. Right. But like that's not even happening. This yeah. Year. Like, 
Mm-hmm. New York's a ghost town. Where are we going? Where are we going in this future now? Now you've seen what's gone on. Uh, where where are we headed in terms of space? Like in terms of physical spaces or 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 what? Do you have any thoughts on where we're going um, in the future? I don't think anything's going to go back to the way it was. I mean, if the powers that be have anything to say about it, they have a whole agenda. If you you know run along that train of thought, um, what do you personally? Mean? I wear a mask when I have to. No, like, but I'm saying, like, wear space. Because you just said something about art galleries. And last night, I was a moderator for this library, the Mamie Clayton Library. And they've got two million pieces. But it's like, where are we going to show this? Where are we going to let people come into a space and look at shit? What, what are your thoughts on where we're going? Where or how? It depends on your level of success. Like, if you are a sought after artists you can have a show anywhere and people like line up right and like make appointments but like for your average you know artist that gets into group shows or has like a solo show every now and then it's just um it's difficult right it's difficult but like nobody knows what's gonna happen that's true you know what i mean like nobody knows and i guess we'll find out in the next couple of months right this next shutdown right i don't know what do you think about it? This ninety-six percent recovery rate. Uh, what do I think that about everything it? Everything is shut down Why behind it. Well, they're talking about doing a six-week shutdown and paying for it, more money for it. But they're the because coronavirus has been spiking in certain areas, and because um, we're now at like two fifty dead, two hundred fifty thousand dead, or something close to that. They're saying like, look. We're going to have to try to control. And other places are doing shutdowns, too. And I think here in California, we're at the purple level, whatever the fuck that means. You think we're going to shut down something? Uh, I, think, I think we probably, I think, well, listen, we already did. What do you mean, are we going to shut down shit? Yeah, we already did. We, Again? Yeah, probably. And, and this is why I'm saying I don't think we're all, we're going to be going back to the way, I don't think, listen. I don't think we're going back to the way things were ever again. No, definitely, Never. definitely right? not. Definitely Music not. has already been fucking Over. different, right? It's a completely different thing. Yeah, no shows, movies, like no social interactions on a large scale. Yeah. Unless it's a protest, you know, or a fucking <laughs> celebration, right? Right. Okay, so protest or celebration, may, and even then that might not be the same anymore in, in a certain sense. Now, there has been talk about a vaccine. That they says 90-something percent effective, and they said in the spring it should be ready, and that everything by then should be good. And that's when we should shut down. Anti-vaxxers are freaking out because they're like, well, you know, I already didn't like vaccines. Now you got another fucking vaccine. It's fucking chips in that, and Bill Gates knows where I take a shit. Mm. And and I've talked to this about Steve a million times, too, which is like, these days, if you don't have a conspiracy theory, you're the fucked up one. It used to be like... (laughs) If you had a conspiracy theory, you were weird. Now it's like if you're like, well, I, you know, I, I don't have one. I just think then, then everyone's like, well, you're obviously fucked up. Go ahead. You kind of you got to use your critical thinking and keep an open mind. Right. And like yeah. get your information and wait out. You could tell what's the really over the edge, crazy, like flat earth. Fucking right. Shit. No, but if they're going to shut us down, why are they going to shut us down right now, right before Christmas? They're going to wait till after Christmas. There's an agenda. There's, but, a lar- there's a larger agenda, mm-hmm. dude. In New York, go ahead. Is a sixty six? The bill is is being is is passed that it's mandatory vaccinations. Right. So like like 
they slid that in around the elections with all the like craziness going on with right. Trump and Biden. They just so now there's a mandatory in New York. A sixty six. Yeah, it's the bill A sixty six. Right, but New York, listen, I'm gonna tell you this. Now look, this is just me saying. First of all, all information that anybody has is mediated. There's no way. There's no I don't care if you're talking to QAnon, I don't care if you're talking to fucking Oprah. There's a whole it's coming through a filter. Nobody has direct access to any of the information. So that's number one. Number two is uh are there agendas for sure? Why? Because that's how business is done. Coke's got an agenda. These fucking drug companies got an agenda. These fucking railroads had had an agenda during the Old West. Mm -hmm. You know, all that shit. Is that ever not been the case? No. Um, Do I think there's such a thing as the virus? Yes, I do. Do I think that it has killed the people? Yes, I do. Do I think a lot of people recover? Yes, I do. Do I think hospitals are overwhelmed? Yes, I do. Have I heard from lots of different nurses and actual people who work in the nursing industry directly that they've cried and that there's been more and people don't really understand? Yes, I have. Do I have I known people who have died from coronavirus? Yes, I have. Have I have I um, do I think that there are powers that be that would take advantage of a virus situation? Absolutely. They all of these think tanks, whether it's on the left, the right, the middle, whatever the fuck. They've got a bunch of eggheads who are paid a lot of money to think about contingencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can run an insurance company, think about this. Insurance companies have actuarial tables where they've already done the math on how people die. And they know what risk level you're in. You know, if you're up in the mountains building a weed lab, they know if you're going to have a stroke or not. <laughs> they got an idea of what kind of situation you got, and that's how they make their money. It's all bets. But big fucking insurance roulette. They've got it worked out. And it's not interesting to most people, so nobody really cares or pays attention to it. If they can do that, then certainly Google, Amazon, the NSA, the Chinese, and everyone else can certainly game out all the other shit. So there might not be a virus at the time that they've developed what we're going to do when the virus hits, if a virus hits. But they certainly thought about it. And they certainly have plans, and they certainly are going to make the most of it. Now, a virus hitting the world is not a fucking news event. Why? Because it's happened before and because the CDC had been crowing about it for 10 years and nothing had happened yet. We had almost a big thing with Ebola. We had almost a big thing with the bird flu. We had almost a big thing with this and that. And when those didn't totally manifest, some people said, see, they're using fear to control you. It's all a conspiracy. Now the virus hits and people are dying and people are still saying, see, it's all a conspiracy. They're using fear to control you. Now, they've been using fear to control people uh, in every country, probably before there was even countries. Since the beginning of time. Sure. Right. What is hell but just a big virus discussion. Right. You're going to hell if you don't do the right thing. So all of that is to say. This is, yeah, I do think there's a virus. Yes, I do think some people are, t- are opportunistic and taking advantage of it. Do I think there's an agenda? Sure. Why? Because this country has intelligence officials that have got to battle Chinese intelligence officials. And so they've also both got computer programs with AI, and they're constantly battling each other. So do I think that there's agendas? Yes. Will we ever know what they are? No. Never. It'll never happen. Never will anybody. Nobody can come forth and say, I have the truth. 
And I know for a fact that it's this and that, and this guy's trying to make money off that. Go ahead. You might have already heard the truth, and they and just they blew it off as a conspiracy yep. theory, and they just, like, swept it away. I don't think anybody actually knows the truth. That's what I think. I honestly, any more than anybody can tell you who the fuck God is, or if it's one, if it's multiple. To be honest with you, I don't think so. I don't even believe Julian Assange. What do you think about that? I don't even think, how do I know he's not working for the CIA? I would never know. Oh, guess what? I'm going to reveal all the secrets, and the, and the CIA hates me, and they're trying to kill me. So I'm just going to, you can trust me, tell me your secrets, and I'm going to tell you what's really going on. So if they give a vaccine, are you going to take it? Absolutely. Yeah? 100%. I've taken all the other vaccines, and I haven't had one fucking problem. Mm. I don't know what anyone else is talking about. I didn't get polio. I didn't get fucking... I will take the vaccine, and I've had my daughter vaccinated, for sure. Yeah. And I will take the... Well, would I? Yeah. Um, I'd wait a while. So your daughter's not vaccinated? Oh, no. she's. I'm not anti-vax. She's vaccinated. I will take... But, like, the- they wanted to give her hepatitis A. We. I got her vaccinated the other day. They were like, hepatitis A. Where is she going to drink dirty water or share a fucking needle? Like, my daughter hey. doesn't need hepatitis A. Like I mean, you're right. Th- if we go to a third world country, this country is on its way. Like if she'll you, get it. This country is on its way it. to the third world with as many homeless people Com- that we've got. Common sense and critical thinking. You know what I mean? Well, I'll listen. wait a while before I get my vaccination to see what happens to you. Sure. And you. Sure. Sure. But listen, and I agree with that. Not everything that is developed is supposed to be adopted right away. I agree with that. I'm not disagreeing with that. But you asked me, will I take the vaccine? Yes, I will. Now, here's the thing. I do not, and, and I'll tell you something else. I'm not a big fan of common sense. I'm fucking, it's called common for a reason. Because it's fucking common. And if you wanted to double check common sense, go back a decade and ask yourself what was common sense back then. What was common sense back? What was a conventional wisdom in the 1940s? What was a conventional wisdom in the 1910s? I got a good story for you. Nan, my Indian grandmother, one of the first women to go to a community college that was of color in her area. And we're talking like 1919, uh, Washington State. And she went and she got herself a degree. She put herself through school. She paid for it. She paid for it by lying that she was a French cook. These French people hired her. She had a French cookbook in her drawer, and she fucking just faked it the whole time. Eventually turned out some really good fucking cinnamon rolls. Anyway, (laughs) point is, this woman went to school. She took science, all this other stuff. So, okay, cut to she's graduated. She got a diploma, and she's sitting there with two farmers, regular guys. Worked the fields all their life. They own property. They're not fucking shitheads. She's out there talking to these guys. And they're looking at the river, and they're saying, you know, how does all that water get up to the mountain? And they were just talking back and forth about it. And she said, well, I can tell you how it's done. And they go, what? She goes, yeah. Well, there's condensation. See, what happens is, is there's fucking heat, evaporation from the ocean, turns into clouds. The clouds collect a lot of water, and it rains up in the mountains. It's snow, and eventually it melts, and it, that's where the fucking thing comes. And these two, and this is a true story, these two farmers looked at each other, and you can you believe this shit they're teaching these kids up there? Everybody knows there's an underground river that goes up the mountain. <laughs> that was, and if you think about evaporation clouds and rain at that time, it does sound pretty fucking weird. Right? How's water going up into the air and then making it over to the mountains? That's a little weird. How is that any weirder than the underground river? Really? At that time. 
So when I think about common sense and all that shit, I'm like, fuck that. I don't know. All I know Good is point. Right. All I know though is that you're right about critical thinking. For sure. And I'm a skeptical motherfucker. You can ask Steve. Or you can ask Sean. Million times. I don't believe it. But on this one, based on the fact of it would require an entire global conspiracy to be in on this virus thing, like the Germans, the Chinese, the fucking Singaporeans, or whatever they're supposed to be called, all those fuckers, people in India, everybody's, all those scientists all have to be in on it together. To me, the probability is low. I'm not saying for no, but I'm saying probability is low. That's what I'm saying. Go ahead. So what's your thought on the paper towel, toilet paper conspiracy? What is that? Tell me what the heck. <laughs> I don't think we should be using at, toilet paper. At no. The, at the beginning of COVID. Go ahead. Remember, people were freaking out about yeah. toilet paper and, yeah. and paper towels. Right. For what? But, like, who started that? that That's was, a great that question. That was, like, somebody... Somebody started that. Like it was like, like an inside joke for the toilet paper and paper towel fucking tycoons. Like yo, let's I agree. pretend like it's gonna be I, I don't doubt that. I think that you're hundred percent right. And I bet you to us it might be kind of new, like, oh, whenever there's any kind of like panic, people will panic shop. But I bet you the guys that are in the fucking sales business, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember back in 1970 when there was an oil embargo. There was lines to try to fill up on gas, but you know, there was no need to really do that. Everybody was fine. So I bet you they, those guys that are in that industry, they probably do know all that shit. I bet you, what was the, you were going to say, oh, Y2K. That's one I didn't believe, right? right. Y2K was, was going to break down on Y2K. Right. My cousin, King Salmon, he wanted to, he was going to fly to Brazil and start his own society in Brazil. <laughs> Why Brazil and all that? I have no idea. But he was going to buy plane tickets to Brazil because the world was going to end in Y2K. Now, listen, this is where critical thinking comes in, right? They sold a bunch of cans of tuna and fucking all kinds of shit based on that, right? Sold out. Wow. And I thought to myself, I go, you know what? There's no way fucking rich people whose wealth is being kept tracked by computers on banks. There's not a fucking way that that's all going to zero out. And that somebody hadn't already thought of that. Mm -hmm. Like that might be a problem. Because wealthy people are not gonna allow their assets and their bank accounts to go to zero. Because they pay really intelligent people to make sure that shit doesn't happen. So on that one, I was like, no way. That's no fucking way. There's no way. You're telling me right now the DuPonts, the fucking DuPonts are gonna <laughs> sit there and be like, well. Well, how are we going to go any further than 2000? I guess we're just going to be broke like everyone else? No way. No fucking way. So I didn't believe that one. But the virus one, yes. And do I think the nation, this nation? Well, I'll tell you. I really do think that there are is a, an intelligent elite group of people, men and women, who are constantly thinking about what's the next move in this country. And they're light years ahead of all of the rest of us idiots. And we're all idiots. We're idiots not because we can't think necessarily, but we're just idiots by virtue of the stations we're born in. We're not ever going to be tapped to be on the front line of international competition. Because whatever we think, how intelligent we think we are, again, think about the Chinese. Think about who they've got thinking about what the next move is. 
Where the fuck? Who who's thinking about the next move for us? It ain't us. Nick's thinking about the next uh, time he's gonna get one of those McRiddles over that McDonald's. <laughs> he, that's the next move for him. He's thinking, huh? No, no. But anyway, my point is, is right. there's no there, so in my mind, I do think, and I think you would have to. I don't think you can responsibly run a country without having an elite group of people. I I don't even. I'll tell you something. I don't even think Elon Musk is really Elon Musk. I think that's a guy. I think that he's intelligent, but I think he's backed by some people that we don't know. Because otherwise, how is he all of a sudden going to space and selling books and building tunnels? No way. I think that's a fantasy to think that one person is doing all that. No way. Anyway, I don't know how we got to that. Thank you, uh, Adam, there. (sighs) Thank you. Right. So where can people give you money? Where can people buy your shit? Um, Basically everything from Instagram. I sell everything from Instagram until I have a a new body of work to have a show and It'll probably be up on that. What's your Instagram handle? Adam Dare. Adam Dare, as it's spelled, right? Yes. A-D-A-M-D-A-R-E, Adam Dare. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. And they can buy your work or figure out what they want to do. Yeah, I post stuff that is for sale from time to time. You can hire your services. Yeah, and there's, I always I do a lot of commissions. People commission me. They like a show. And ladies, he's sure. in good shape for 50. Right. So, 52. Right. He, you know, right. He's got a little escort thing on the side he does. So right. Right. The, those 10 surgeries weren't on the uh, Chile. Right. So that's where they did uh, another fucking flap. Listen. The... <laughs> it was called the lo- lower Funny. ab flap, right? Funny. Lower ab flap. When I came out of my, I was in a coma for a week. Yeah. And when I came out, the fucking first thing I asked my girl, I was like, how's my my junk all right she's like i checked you're good she's uh, like nothing uh, happened to it uh, right excellent didn't know right they gave you a uh what did uh, they give him they gave him a they, what yeah added an extra couple inches for him they <laughs> right. put a fucking lo- the, the lower uh abdomen flap she, she said i think you're i think it's swollen adam it looks swollen he's like nah that's what it looks like now yeah the, the, the bike didn't fuck up your dick that's no, a good no. the good news thank god thank god what you do well listen obviously you're potent you've got three kids under your belt right yes i do all right anyone wants a child with adam uh hit him up on instagram uh, right or see chumon he'll negotiate that for you right 10 percent, 10 percent negotiation fee listen uh, everybody Nick and you Leo- better be fine because i've i'm looking at pictures of adam online and he's always with like some like hot chick or yeah something, right? there's a lot of that hot but is this you on. with this woman in here with the fucking timberlands and a chain around her neck is that is that you yes well, who is that she is fine bro <laughs> that's my homegirl miranda maxwell man boy she max as well for sure mm-hmm. all right very good okay go ahead you're trying to wrap nick leo thank you for sitting in <laughs> yeah. Thank that was an amazing in. Thank you for show. coming in. Yeah. Uh, Adam Dare, uh, at Adam Dare on Instagram. Check out my boy's work. Adam, it's not the first time. It's not the last time. But thank, thank you for coming you. down yeah. today, man. Thank you. Yeah. Sharing this journey with me. us. That was you a great. Some... No, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Right. No, you go ahead. Bone LLP, fucking lawyers who wear braids to... Uh, to court. Yeah. You want a real Indian representing you and scare the shit out of opposing counsel, call me up. I'll shoot you straight and I won't overcharge you. Yeah. Oh, Blue Eyes, what you got? Sean at hardluckshow.com for all your audio needs and desires. Right. No nicotine, Nick. What do you got? What are you plugging? Nothing. 
Nothing. Come on, man. <laughs> Nothing. Right? You're making, aren't you making nicotine patches Ropes. out of hemp? Ropes. No, no, no. I, uh, what are you doing? Blazed cannabis. Blaze Cannabis. Shout out to Blaze Cannabis. I want to give a shout out to anything else, Adam? You want to give a shout out to anybody? Nope. All right. Shout out to uh, Saint, Oreo cookies. St. James or- Cups. Yeah. Oh, Oreo oh, cookies, yeah. 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 St. James St. James Sense. Sense. Thank you for the cups. Yeah, Word thank up. you for These the cups. These are cup. badass. I'm about to post mine. Right. I'm about to have a cup of coffee. In Dude, there. this yeah. is next time they put me in prison, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm going to be yeah, hitting yeah, the fucking yeah, bars yeah. with. Around the, down the Screw! Screw! Right, exactly. Attica. Yeah. Attica. Yeah, that's right. I love that, dude. Um, um, what else we got? I got Hard uh, to Kill. Oh, you know what? God stay damn it. tuned in for Hard no, to Kill. No, 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 no. Sean, do we have a God. sample? I promised our oh, audience. Oh, shit. We got really? the guys here. Of what, this motherfucker? A sample of the fucking theme song, oh, you cock knocker. Oh, of the theme song. Do you want to hear the legit uh, version? I mean, don't say the it's legit. Intro? It's still draft, right? Yeah, it's still draft. Yeah, I want to hear. It. You guys want to hear this? This is the new show. Steve's the. Listen to this. This is just listen. This is a draft. Don't oh, get you crazy. Guys are in for a treat. Yeah. Uh, are you ready, everyone? My name is Steve Luciano, but they call me Lucky. I was born and raised in the West Side of Los Angeles. Life pushed me through some of the toughest streets, from high-level security jails and prisons to high-end businesses, from death's door to the doors of opportunity. You have witnessed what my eyes have seen, let alone lived to tell about it. Deep down, I've always wanted to know how I survived the life that kills most. This is my journey to understand the forces of life and death. These are the stories of the tragic heroes who lived these are the streets they battled in. Come with me on my quest and meet those who dodged death, but not the bullets that bear their names. Stick close, because this is hard to kill. What do you think about that, gentlemen? Yeah. That was nice. What do you think about that, Nick? You're a music nice. man, right? You're yeah. a fucking... <laughs> So so Steve and I developed a show. Yes. Which is about guys who have been shot and survived. Yes, know all about it. So that's what it's for. We're producing an audio documentary, right? We've already got the interviews done. Now we're actually producing it, making it sound good and cutting out a bunch of bullshit. But we've walked the actual hallowed ground of which the shootings took place. We've talked with the man who fucking had the hot lead pierced through his chest and take and take it out and flush it. Oh, well, I'm not going to tell all right. right, right, right. And we've um, done the recordings all in the situation, right? So you have all the ambient noises and all the other stuff. The gang histories or the neighborhood histories, right, that are there, what the politics at the time were, what the the history, the areas, the geographic things, what the police presence was like, what the drug scene was like. We're doing that. We're putting it all together. And for the audio documentary, it's going to be like serial in sort of the tone. Like you heard that. It's an urban serial, basically, mm-hmm. right? 
And then off the strength of that, we've been working with animators. And we ain't talking about some bullshit fucking Hanna-Barbera mm. cartoons. We're talking about good shit. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do the reenactments with the storytelling with animation. Dope. Yeah, that's where we're that's going. Fresh. And it's going to be a whole bunch of stories about people who've survived being shot. I mean, really shot, too. We ain't talking about no yeah, 22 yeah, in the no. fucking ankle. We're talking about fucking AK-47s. Ripping through your fucking guts. You're not gonna be on this show. I'm sorry. <laughs> he got shot with a 22 in the ankle. All right. Well, but that ain't he, nothing compared to Hamburger Knee. No, Hamburger Knee is. That'll be a different show. Yeah, Hamburger Knee. <laughs> hamburger Knee. <laughs> hamburger Knee. All right. Anyway, okay. so that's what we got together, uh, Mr. Nick. What do you think? What did you think about that beat? It's cool. Yeah. You know it, who made? You know who makes the tone? Yeah. No, it did. He's good. Sh- Sean made it. Yeah. Any no, chance uh, Sean's gonna make any music for Jermaine like, Dupri? I just don't know if he should be the one talking about it because he's, you know, because he's what? maybe you should have somebody, you know, an actual actor do it. No, we gotta have. Well, okay, let me put it to you this way. No, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because number one, he is an actor. He's a natural actor. This motherfucker <laughs> over here. Let me tell you something. Second of all, look at right now. He just got back from the set. They were doing a, a regatta sail cruise. <laughs> With that jacket, that's where you just got that bocce America's we're, Cup. Right. We're playing bocce. He's <laughs> wearing a Marlboro Reds jacket. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. No, and how because. How many miles did you pay for that? Yeah, how many miles? Marlboro miles. <laughs> no, but the, po- the point of the thing is, is uh, so no, he is, should be because he's the one. And if there's an aspect of it that's unproduced, unfiltered and raw we want that because that's that's this is about an authentic thing and listen if these guys want to go and and listen to a studio gangster talk about Uh, some shit that he'd like to do cool that's fine uh, i ain't against that but what we got is a guy who was fucking you know working the levels and doing all this other kind of shit had a clavo had a fucking bird that he fucking you know guy wouldn't go to sleep right wouldn't go to sleep we got a birdie wouldn't go to sleep wouldn't go to sleep was doing rails that would have made amtrak freak out come out before the audio the audio documentary is starting before because we've already got a big audience that going to be before the west side documentary Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. The West Los documentary, right? Yeah. That's about cars. That's about culture. It's more than about life and death. This one is very narrow, focused on this. this yeah, no, look, dude, there's a bunch of people that are podcasting all about that. Right, right. You have an opportunity to, to hit it well, and then follow it up with the TV show. Uh, exactly. But the, here's the thing. The TV show, part of the thing that we've got, that nobody else got is we've got Steve Lucky Luciano who knows all these guys True. and who can bring in guys, crazy motherfuckers like no nicotine, Nick, mm. right? I don't know if you know, have heard of that guy can bring them down to a podcast and you can actually hear what the fuck hot dog water is about. Right. Yeah. Right? Right, right, right. That's the key or poly B dude. Did he tell you about our thought on a poly B podcast? No, no I don't know. <laughs> what is that? That's we were thinking of just bringing in, like, having a Poly B podcast, and everyone who's got a good Poly B story comes on. Comes on. But the actual star can't be here, yeah. but it's the Poly B podcast. That's pretty funny. Right? I think it'd be good. I yeah, think it would be fantastic. You bring Joey and that you whole do, scene, I do and so Ron and Dingo and everybody yeah. together. Dingo. Everybody. Dingo. Yeah, you. you d- everybody. Ronnie, right? Yeah. Ronnie's got some. When is Ronnie coming on this show, bro? 
That <laughs> fucking guy. He is a son of a bitch. Anyway, did we end the show? Oh, no, not yet. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, let's get back to this. Breathing. All right, okay. Sweating. Well, listen. I think we got. Oh, I had some shout outs to you. I had some. Uh, I had some. That was a surprise bonus for people who were that listening, was, right? Yeah, wow, that was something. You just gave up all the drawings, so it's not safe. What drawings? Yeah, yeah it's here drawing. first. Late. Late. The, I mean, the guy. I'll trust whatever you say. No, I'm just telling you right now. We, we we've been working on it, and it's here first. Would be, would oh, by the way, I want to tell you something. We got some good news. Uh, so my IP department, right? We went in on the Supermax thing. Uh huh. They abandoned it. We just gotta wait 30 more days, and we should be good for fucking everything. So it's looking good, right? Yeah, that's yes. some inside legal fucking Supermax shit. So don't, you know. You oh. guys don't spread that around, audience. Just keep it between us. They're abandoned. You want me to clip that up? No. Uh, we can trust our guys. Best news I've heard all day. Has our other friend nobody? Not yet. I mean, my, our other friend and I have been so fucking set up in all this other bullshit. It's just too much. Listen, I need. You made my weekend. Hey Adam, you know anybody? I need more. I need a couple of assistants. Oh, 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 you need some assistance. I do. I need more assistance, man. Yeah. Well, you guys go at Jumahan underscore. Um, we need some. Here's what I want you guys to do. Yeah, listen, let's do this. Yeah. Come on, right? let's stop fucking around. What I need is uh, you need to send. I need some assistance too. Yeah. We need some help. Yeah. We need some help. Bro. We need some help from the people who believe us. Right. So if you feel like you're capable, competent, sharp, yeah. and you're willing yeah. to get your hands dirty and do some work and maybe be a part of something much bigger, right? you need to send your resume. Shoot us a resume. Let us know what, what you want to do, what you have done, what your experiences. Sumaha needs some assistance. I need some assistance. Nick, are you gonna send us your resume? Alright. So you guys We need a tough in. negotiator. Yeah. So send us in. If you think you can fuck with the hard luck. Hard the hard luck crew. Right. Hey Sean needs time. some assistance, right? Sean, do you need that assistance? I need to be someone's assistant. No, fuck no. that. You're already our assistant. What are you talking? No, you need I'm gonna teach you how to fucking run people, bro. I'm tired of this bullshit. Hey, out there, we want you guys to... Uh, hey, sign up because Sean's going to fucking tell you what to do. Yep, and we need somebody Jesus to uh, donate so we can wrap our studio. And then they also need to buy us our cameras so we can start going on. Hey, listen, I've told everyone send me 250K oh, yeah, well, and then I'll just run. Yeah, right, I'm going to run right, everything. So let's start that uh that Listen, let me give some shout-outs because we got a Please. lot of... Jose1218... Uh, big shout out to you. Thank you for your support. Uh, Calco. I, Calco, 5522 or whatever. Right? He's on fire. Um, G, Instagram Jesus. Big shout out to Instagram, Instagram Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. It. He's killing it. Um, big shout Hey, big shout out to Romina. She sent us eight hoes. Dude, yeah, we've got hoes are coming off the show. Oh, all of a sudden Nick is uh he's interested. Yeah. Oh, you want to come back? You done. 
getting jacked off right where you sit, boy. Oh, yeah, you're going to have hamburger knee. Trust me, brother. This shit's going to fuck Jack you off right where we're recording the show. Listen, I've got got eight women, professional ladies, one of which is a lesbian that wants to come on the show and just tell her story. Break it down. Break down the hustle. All All right. All right. All right. Shout out to uh, the Cookies family, Big right. Burns. Shout out to Vibe. Right. Shout out to Soul Assassins. Estevan Oreo, DJ Mug. Um, shout out to Supermax Clothing, www.supermaxhardware.com. Come check us out. Um, Vibe, new drop coming, and um, hard to kill. Keep your eyes open, your ears open. Uh, big shout out to Mr. G Tusades. Uh, he, by the way, he said he's in he's in Costa Mesa. He's a cake decorator and a fucking baker. He's like, anytime you guys want snacks, let me know. I'm like, dude, we're trying to lose weight. We're trying to get yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Big shout out to Risk, right? Always. Yeah, it's hitting us up. And Marcel. Dawson Baca, Calco five five two two. Big shout out to uh, who else, man? Hold on, just let me. Lepke. Big the, shout out to Adam Dev, St. James Sent, C's Games, Angel Marie, who's Armando Jr. Santiago? Who's oh, that to you, you know my who that dude? is. You know who big that is. Big C-Loke. Yeah, big shout out shout to Who's Got Skills. Juan Ma, Daniel Marsola. And everybody in the city of Santa Monica. Andrew Paul, Alex J-Rock, uh, Budhead805. <laughs> Fucking name. Big shout out to Sean Allen Lewis, whoever the fuck that is. Rachel Sterling. Yeah, hey, Rachel, right, baby right. girl. Every picture she takes, she's fine, bro. I don't know. All like right, we that, do about this time. Yeah. Nick, thanks. Nick. Adam again, thank you for coming. Adam in. there. Thank you. And thanks gentlemen, my partners, thank yeah. you for a great Come show. Back. We are out of here. Hasta la vista. Baby. Adios. Oh. Oh.